What's this podcast called? Sepsis from Planet Weird. Podcast from Planet Weird. Oh. Luck of the Irish. More like freak me in the eyeballs. I love this movie. No! I told you not to bring up prom in oh, this episode. Oh, you want to talk about prom, Mama? Drama Kaflama, baby. I was nominated for Winner Bowl. Uh, God damn it, That was my best impression. Hi. I got it's it. It's us. Your quarantine, your quarantine quorum. I don't know what quorum means. Your quarantine quails. We're quails now. Cuckoo-coo. Um, this is, <laughs> this is podcast from Planet Weird. Is that what we are? Mm-hmm. That's who we are. Hi, it's me. It's Juan. And with me, as always, is her. It's, it's Sarah. It's me. The littlest And elf. this is, ep- ooh. <gasps> oh my God. Mm-hmm. That's Gary Giggles. Yeah, that's Gary Giggles for sure. Oh, damn it. <laughs> no, that's not it. That's SpongeBob, but like if SpongeBob had asthma. Ew. Um, well, uh, this is, yeah, and this is podcast from Plastic, Plastic Weird. I, I, could, I should never. <laughs> from Plastic. Episodes. Hi, this is podcast from Planet Weird, and this is episode 166. Eight. Seven, eight. Nine. It's one hundred and sixty-eight. Hi. There we go. Hi. Yay! That was an awful job on my behalf. Okay. So yeah, uh, (laughs) we're here today. First of all, when this episode comes out, we're recording it on what day is it? The twenty seventh of April. Yeah. But when this episode goes (gasps) up, it'll be a few days after your birthday. Isn't that right? Happy birthday or before your birthday? Me. Do I have COVID nineteen? When did I say this yeah. is going up? You said oh on May sixth. So yeah, three days after your birthday. And if you can do math, you know what day I was born. Yep. So pretend that you just celebrated your birthday in quarantine. How was your birthday? Wow! I love all the gifts I got sent to me by my friend Sarah and our friends uh, Ivy Guggenheim and our other friend Natalie Portman. Uh, Natalie Portman has been asking me for recommendations, obviously. She said, does he like my movie V for Vendetta? Does he like my movie Star Wars Episode 1? Does he-, does he like my movie Black Swan? <laughs> yeah. And then she said, I'll just send him my ballet dress from Black Swan. My shoes. My <gasps> ballet shoes. I'll send him my wings. Um, because I know he likes Red Bull. Well, we're going to talk about the 2004 Nickelodeon dark comedy movie, a series Hi. of unfortunate events in a minute. But first, let's, One of my let's just catch up real quick. Juan, I haven't talked to you since yesterday. But how have you been doing? What, what have you been doing today? I woke up sick. My throat feels full. I don't know if I overate, if I have allergies, or if I'm getting COVID. And that's always a fun time for me. Okay, okay. I still have bumps on my fingers. I still have blood in my left nostril. And I don't know what that's about. Okay. Genuinely, last night I googled... Cancer of the blood because I couldn't remember what that was called, and it's, it's leukemia. I couldn't remember which name it was. I don't think you have leukemia. I don't think I do either. 
I was just checking. <laughs> and then... Wait, cancer is... Can- Wait, leukemia is cancer of the blood? Yes. My sister had blood cancer. And then... I was looking up anemia. Your classic mm-hmm. sickle cell anemia. I, j- I really just think it's allergies. But it is kind of concern- concerning that, like, it is... Like, still, like, every day I got blood in there. I just, like, don't understand, like... I don't, like, I can still swallow easily. Like, I can still breathe easily. It just, uh, it always feels like I have, like, stuff here. Mm-hmm. Like, in my throat. And again, I don't know it's because if I over, because, because I overeat, not if I overeat. It's because I do. Because I don't know how to control myself. It, and I'm not, So it's like, in your wands apple? It's in my ongs apple, Your yeah. wands apple. Not <laughs> your Adam's apple, but like, your name is Juan. Yeah, like, I always feel like, oh, if I throw up, it'll make me feel better. And I don't think that's, like... Healthy? A sign of being sick. I think it's just a sign of, like, overeating. Am I right? Am I wrong, I mean, that's listeners? definitely not something that you should be feeling. I feel it... This is not, like, a... This is not, like, a, a different feeling for me, though. Like, this is very much, like, I recognize this, and it happens a lot, but, like... Have you, I have you been have to, to a rem- doctor about this before? No. Well, any doctors listening, go ahead and diagnose one. Um, it's funny because I haven't been to the doctors in maybe 12, 13 years. Okay. How old am I? 20, 25 almost? Well, by the time this airs, you will be 25, yes. I'm going to say like 10 to 11 to 12 years. Okay. I'm sorry, there's people screaming. That's okay. Um, yeah, nothing. that's about it for us, I think. Not a lot to talk about in quarantine, obviously. Yeah, um, I mean, we hang out every day. Not really. No, but we have been FaceTiming but we, here and there. We did watch, we did watch, we did watch Ghost Stories, not a Ghost Story, Ghost Stories, the 2018 movie, and I loved it. Can I get your thoughts on it? Because I didn't ask you last night. Um... So we watched. By the way, Sarah can't say shit really because she cheated and read the Wikipedia. So because I didn't the understand the first herself. half of the movie. Because it was a reveal. But I didn't know that we weren't. I thought y'all were understanding it, and I was just stupid. But it turns out no, it's we were just rolling with the punches. <laughs> I was too scared to tell you that I didn't know what was happening. Um. So yeah, we watched oh, no. this movie, Ghost Stories, on Hulu. It's a British film. Um, it's Tuesday, ain't it? It's Tuesday, you- isn't it? Oi, brother. Oi, bruv. Um, We're gonna go. British people are gonna punch us. That's fine. Um, my thoughts? I mean, it was fine. I was. It was boring in the beginning, and then, like, that last act, like, entertained me. Even though I had Ooh. read the Wikipedia, it was still entertaining to watch. But the you first think. part, it was like, okay, this is a little slow. <laughs> it's supposed to it's a slow burn i get it i get it but i got scared a lot yeah you did times. you jumped many a times um do you want to talk about um another movie that's kind of scary like a series of unfortunate events oh sure sure that's what we're here to do
Okay, a series of unfortunate events, also known as Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events, is a oh, so different. 2004 American Gothic dark comedy film directed by Brad Silberling. It is a film adaptation of the Series of Unfortunate Events book series by Lemony Snicket, a.k.a. Daniel Handler. Wait, is Lemony Snicket not his real name? No, that's a pen name. Um, this, so this movie covers the first three novels, which are The Bad Beginning, The Reptile Room, and The Wide Window. The movie stars Jim Carrey, Liam Aiken, Emily Browning, Timothy Spall, Catherine O'Hara, Billy Connolly, Cedric the Entertainer, Luis Ooh. Guzman, Jennifer Coolidge, and Meryl Streep, as well as Jude Law as Lemony Snicket. The narrator. So that was kind of a mouthful there. So first of all... Let's just say star-studded cast. First of all, let's talk about the books. So... Okay. The books... There's 13 of them. Um, So like we said, this movie covers The Bad Beginning, The Reptile Room, and The Wide Window. And the following books after that were... In this order. The Miserable Mill... The Austere Academy, The Airsats Elevator, The Vile Village, The Hostile Hospital, The Carnivorous Carnival, The Slippery Slope, The Grim Grotto, The Penultimate Peril, and The End. I love Homo... homo hop, what are they called? You mean alliteration? There we go. What are homophobes? Homonyms. <laughs> what are homophobes? Homonyms? Aren't those words that sound alike? Oh, it's the words that sound like what they're spelled. Yeah, like pow. Or bam. I thought that was onomatopoeia. What the fuck? Wait, then what? Are, what's the other one? Homonyms? Each of two or more words that have the same spelling. Yeah. You know? But have different meanings? Yeah. So, like, what? Give me an example. Oh, my God. Is this English class? No, because I, I know what they are, but I need to know. Okay. Um, Words that are spelled are the same? So, write and write. Like, write, like, your right hand and write, like, I'm writing this down on a piece of paper. Isn't write, like, I'm writing down? Oh, you mean words that sound the same but have better spelled differently? Yes. Is that not what I said? I've been saying words that are spelled the same. That's why I was like, what words are spelled the same but mean differently? No. Oh, words. Okay, that makes it. Okay, so like there, there, and there. Okay, got it. Okay. See, my brain just got a little, some cross wires. We're good. Or like when a dog barks versus like tree bark. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's words that sound the same but. Wait, but those are the same words. That mean two different... Each of two or more words having the same spelling or pronunciation, but different meanings. Or pronunciation. Oh, okay. Or pronunciation. Wait. Yeah, yeah. So they can either be spelled the same or sound the same, but they mean different things. Okay. Well, anyways. (laughs) Are we stupid? That was a whole thing. Okay. So the books um, (laughs) followed the Baudelaire orphans. uh, Baudelaire orphans. Sorry, my stomach is a rumbling. 
Um, and basically in the first, I think it's like the first six books, it's like the first half, that's where they, they're constantly like going to a new guardian, but then in the last half of the books, they don't go to any more guardians and they're just like undercover and in disguise, like running from the law, they're- basically. Ooh, okay. Which is some tea. Um, and obviously there's a Netflix series that oh, came out. I put up a Twitter poll to see which people prefer, the movie or, you know, the... I know, and I voted, and I saw that people prefer the show more. Okay, and I'm as of now, you? there's 19 votes, and as of now, 53% prefer the movie that we're talking about now. Oh, and God, thank 47% you so much. prefer the Netflix show. That in- I would like to speak to that That includes 47%. a vote from you. I didn't vote. And I didn't think you would, but I guess I should go put my vote in. Yes, because we our opinions matter too. We take the poll, but we matter. <laughs> I guess. What up? Uh, okay, I'll go put my vote in then. Meanwhile, though, is it? So you are you shifting the data? I mean, what do you mean? I'm gonna no. I'm voting for the. No, I mean, like, if you vote on your own poll, does that like obscure the data? No, I'm voting on my other account. Oh, okay, okay. You can't vote on your own if you make the poll. No, 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 no. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. Ah. Anyways, so we haven't seen the Netflix show. Um, Juan and I both got through. I think like the we got to like the opening credits song and we couldn't handle it. We were like, mm, "This yes, isn't it. We did. This is not it." Wait, were we watching it together? No, which is even funnier. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> we said, mm, I don't think this is it. Not for me, at least. Yeah, so can't really say whether or not that show is good or bad. To me, it was not good enough yeah. for me to keep going past the opening song, but apparently a lot of y'all like it. Um, But the movie, okay, so back to the movie. Uh, Brad Silberling directed the movie, and he also directed Casper. Mm-hmm. Which we've talked about before. I say as if I know. <laughs> uh, Robert Gordon wrote the screenplay, and he has written the screenplays for Galaxy Quest and Men in Black 2, among other films. And like we said, uh, just a stacked cast. We got Jim Carrey, Meryl Streep is in this, uh, Jennifer Coolidge plays one of the white faced women. In the acting troupe. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't say, like, anything. Or queen. She does. She says, like, one thing. She says the whole monologue during the play. Oh. Um, we also have Timothy Spall, who people probably know from the Harry Potter films. He was Peter Pettigrew. Oh, Peter Pettigrew. And we got Jude Law narrating. Cedric the Entertainer is in this for some reason. Um... Emily Browning and Liam Aiken are the two main kids, and then a, a pair of twins play the little girl baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie was released December 17, 2004. The budget was 140 to 142 million. Do you want to guess what the box office was? 23 million. I said the budget was 140 to 142. So you're saying it didn't make its budget. Twenty three hundred million. Okay, 
The budget was two hundred and eleven point five million, so not far off. Um, I should have just stuck with the two hundred that I wanted to say. So this movie was actually in the works for quite a bit of time. Uh, Nickelodeon. Pro- when do the books are coming out? Okay, the books, the Bad Beginning, which is the first novel, came out in September of nineteen ninety nine. And then the last book, The End, came out in October of 2006. Oh, okay, okay. Because I was like, how long are we talking? Because I don't think those books are old. No, but basically after that first book really became a success, Nickelodeon was like, let's jump. When I say jump, you jump. So Nickelodeon Mm -hmm. purchased the film rights to the book series in 2000 and soon began development of a film with Barry Sonnenfeld attached to direct... Barry Sonnenfeld, who directed the Addams Family movies. Ooh! And, of course, my favorite... Well, the Men in Black trilogy, and then my favorite Will Smith film, Wild Wild West. Oh my god, of course. course. So he was first attached to do it. Um, uh, Lemony Snicket, a.k.a. Daniel Handler, uh, originally adapted the screenplay and wanted Jim Carrey to play Count Olaf. And then Barry Sonnenfeld left because of budget concerns. And then Brad Silberling, the regular director, took over. Um, and then I read in the trivia, which I'll get to in a minute, that Tim Burton was on it at some point. But that doesn't say it. One of the reviews trivia. mentioned his name, but I wasn't sure if that was true or not. That would make sense. Um, because of what it looks like. Yeah, well, I'll get to the trivia right now. Um, well, actually, before I do that, so the movie, um, we already told you guys the budget, made some money. Um, it was the highest grossing <laughs> film for Nickelodeon movies until, do you know? Nacho! No, do you know what Nickelodeon movie passed this? It's not good. Everyone hates it, but what's the movie? <laughs> It's considered more like one of the worst movies. I don't know. By Nickelodeon. The Last Airbender. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm so sorry. I, that's how far I've like pushed that movie out of my head. Like I forgot who made it. I forgot who stars in it. I forgot that. Oh, Nick. I'm sorry. Midnight Shyamalan. Midnight Kamalan. Yeah. Um. Let's see. It received... Um, I think okay reviews, at least for the production design and for Jim Carrey. Um, it has a 72% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Hmm. So that's good. Um, let's see. But it could be higher. It could always be higher. Chicago Tribune praised the production design and Jim Carrey for having a balanced performance as a scene stealer. Um, the Washington Post uh, said... If you can let Jim Carrey be Jim Carrey, put someone boring and less expensive in the role. It's his ver- In his various disguises, he's rubbery, inventive, and improvisationally inspired. I partic- particularly liked his passing imitation of a dinosaur. I can't tell if that's positive or negative. <laughs> I think they're saying if he's different from the book where Olaf wasn't like funny in the book. 
And in this one, mm-hmm. obviously Jim Carrey is Jim Carrey, so he's going to bring comedy to the role. Yeah. Um, the Boston Globe said the director has essentially made a Tim Burton movie without the weird shafts of adolescent pain. At the same time, Silberling's not a hack like Christopher Columbus, uh, who did the Harry, the first Harry Potter movies and uh, Home Alone, okay. you know. Uh, and Snicket has more zip and inspired film craft than the first two Harry Potter films. The film's no masterpiece, but at least you're in the hands of people who know what they're doing. The movie, like the books, flatters children's innate sense that the world is not a perfect place and that anyone who insists otherwise is trying to sell you something. How you deal with the cognitive dis- dis- dissonance of $125 million Hollywood picture telling you this is up to you. At least there are no Lemony Snicket Happy Meals yet. Okay, okay. And now let's get I to... I can't tell if these reviews are good or bad. Now let's get to our fave, Roger Ebert. Oh, God, this fucking... His fuck. review is mixed. He said, Jim Carrey is over the top as Count Olaf, but I suppose a character named Count Olaf is over the top by definition. I like the film, but I'll tell you what. I think this one is a tune-up for the series. A trial run in which they figure out what works and what needs to be tweaked. The original Spider-Man was a disappointment, but the same team came back and made Spider-Man 2 the best superhero movie ever made. Oh? Um, and speaking of that... There were plans for, you know... A sequel? There was... They wanted this to be big, you know? Um, Damn it. So, Nickelodeon and DreamWorks and Paramount, they were all kind of hoping that this was going to be like Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. You know, that famous. Uh, Jim Carrey thought his character would be good as the basis for a film franchise since it would allow him to dive into a new role. He says, I don't have a deal for a sequel, but it's... One that I wouldn't mind doing again because there are so many characters. I mean, it's it's just so fun, so much fun. It's so much fun being a bad actor playing a character. Um, and then in 2005, so a year later after the movie came out, um, a producer said, Lemony Snicket is still something Paramount is interested in pursuing and we're going to be talking with them more. And in 2008, Daniel Handler, Lemony Snicket, said that a sequel was in the works and they talked about maybe... Um, doing a stop-motion movie for the next one. They were... It says the director, Brad Silberling, said um, he was thinking... Like Coraline? He was thinking of doing, like, each movie. He was worried that the kids were... The actors were growing up too fast, so his idea was, what if we did a different medium every Mm -hmm. movie? Oh, so they would never... Yeah, so... He said in the odd way, it's the best thing you could you could do is actually have Lemony Snicket say to the audience, okay, we pawned the first film off as a mere dramatization with actors. Now I'm afraid I'm going to have to tell you the real thing. <sighs> but of course that... That seems like some Lemony Snicket bullshit, yeah. Um, of course that did not happen. There was never a sequel. And then in 2014, um, Netflix started working on it and announced it. And then in... Uh, 2017 the first season of the show came out i like i always think it's funny when people were like the kid the kids are aging too fast i'm like what are what what the fuck do you look what what y'all expecting i mean well there's that thing it's like what's it called it's like rapid aging child syndrome rapid it's it's from like soap opera it's like a there's like an acronym for it Oh, like, 
Is it like a movie thing where like one season they're like two and then the next season they're like 17? Okay, it's called Soap Opera Rapid Aging Syndrome, Soros. It says it's the practice of accelerating the age of a television or film character in conflict with the timeline of a series and or the real world, real world progression of time. Interesting. That's like okay. making kids grow up quicker, I think. That way you don't have to oh. work with kids too much. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, oh, so it's like movie one. Okay, cool. Yeah, they're kids, but like we found out that it was really difficult. Okay, cool. For the next movie, they're go- we're gonna skip five years into the future. But it mostly happens in soap operas. Like that's true. Like you'll see little little Tiffany is a little baby girl, and then a couple episodes later, she she's they do that like a she's couple playing years in later. the WNBA. She's dunking on everyone, you know. <laughs> she's oh my a God. full adult. Um, yes. Trivia for this movie. When the f- children first meet Count Olaf and Jim Carrey says, wait, give me that last line again. That was not actually in the script. It was Jim Carrey staying character and wanting to try it again, but they kept the cameras rolling and felt that it worked the way it happened. Oh, be- okay, fun. And he says, oh! <gasps> when they say, our <gasps> parents died. <laughs> yeah. Um, so was that like the actual boy actor being like, okay, our parents just like, was that him like not even like, imp- like improvising that line again Maybe, too? or maybe they reshot his coverage for that. I don't know. Um, speaking of that kid in the movie, Klaus's house burns to the ground. Um, and the actor Klaus, just his house during the premiere, the actor got word that his house was on fire. And he never acted again. He said, I'm sorry, Mama. If this happens, no thank you. Was he in anything else besides this and Good Boy? No, I don't think so. Because his IMDb is just a photo of him still as a child. Can you look that up while I'm reading these? Um, Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Here's the Tim Burton tea. Tim Burton was attached to direct at some point with Johnny Depp playing Count Olaf and Glenn Close playing Aunt Josephine. No. When Tim Burton left the project, Johnny Depp left as well. Brad Silberling replaced Glenn Close, feeling that Meryl Streep would be better for the role. And Streep... I always look at this and I'm like, why is Meryl Streep in here? Like, I love her in this, but it's weird that she's in this, right? Um, A little bit, yeah. But she took it because her daughter was a huge fan of the books and wanted her to do it. What a fucking... Isn't that... Like, so weird that your parent can be like, oh, yeah, I'll act in this movie for you because you like it so much. Imagine What's your like parent have... being Meryl Streep. I would fucking piss my pants. Uh, is, this is the first Nickelodeon movie to win an Academy Award, and the award was for Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Okay, I'll give it to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think they should have won that. Yes, um, I'll agree. The little girl babies, the twins who played Sonny, were genuinely terrified of Jim Carrey and his Count Olaf makeup. Yeah, fuck yeah. Who would it be? I mean, um, let's see. At the end of the movie, Violet tries to sign the marriage document with her left hand, and Count Olaf says, right hand, please. This is a reference to the book in which Violet does sign the document with her left hand. After which Justice Strauss declares the marriage invalid, invalid since she did not sign it with her own hand. 
That's weird. I was gonna ask you, I'm like, why does he say, like, left, like, right hand? Like, what about if you're a lefty? I think... You're never getting married. Is that just a thing? You have to sign it with your dominant hand? Your dominant or your right hand? Like, what's the deal? No, I, you imagine, I think like, it's a just left- your dominant. Because oh, then so that means like every shit. left-handed person in a marriage is a liar. Liar? Y'all are liars. So, what's the tea with Liam Aiken? Okay, Liam Aiken has been acting. Oh. He has been in shit for a He is still in shit, yeah. Okay, but Um, is he related to Clay Aiken? Chloe Aiken? Clay Aiken. (laughs) No, I I don't think he is. You don't think? Um, Clay Aiken? Remember Clay Aiken? I try not to. Okay. Um, No. It doesn't look like, I mean, it would come up on his thing. Um, he, wait, let me read off a couple of his little, like, acting bits that he's done. Is it anything we've heard of? Um, he's been in Law and Order, both, like, the regular one and Criminal Intent. Well, who hasn't? I mean, so have I. (laughs) Me? I was a dead body. Um, he was in Mad Men. Okay. (laughs) Now Uh, we're talking. He was a madman. <laughs> there it is. He was a madman. Um, other than that, the Emoji Movie. Hey, that's something. That's it, though. I mean, do you know any of these? Uh, I mean, there's a couple. A Gifted Man, Electric Children, Girls Against Boys, Noir Star, How to Be a Man, M- M- Munchausen. Mucha Lucha. Mucha Lucha. Let me down easy. The frontier. I don't recognize any of these. Yeah, but I mean, he's still working. Yeah, yeah, he's doing that B-roll game, which is very, very valid. Those B movies, those little <gasps> indies. I'm sorry. Wait, bitches, hold the phone. He was in a movie with Ali and Ag Mashaka. Okay. There's a movie called Weep, Weep Away, Away for, for now. now. Yeah, T because they just posted about that movie. They were saying everyone okay. should watch it in quarantine. What is this? Because it's a movie about it. like a camp or something. I've been meaning to watch it actually. Okay, so he's in this movie. I'll let y'all know his how his performance is. Um, moving on, uh, the whole movie was filmed on sound stages, even the exterior shots, which involves three hundred sixty degree sets and a lot of blue screens. I mean. It looks like it. Uh, originally, the director wanted Sonny to be completely CGI. Um, what the hell? Ew. And she, in the movie, she's not completely CGI, but they do use C- CGI for uh, f- at least four scenes because they're too dangerous for a real baby to do. Um, so, like, one is when she's holding onto the table with her teeth. Another is her catching the thing that Klaus throws in her mouth. Another is yeah. the viper scene, obviously. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Could you... I'm like, okay, cool, yes. That's what, like, normal actors would also, like, be CGI'd in there for. So, like... Yeah, I know. But could you imagine a CGI baby the whole movie? I don't want to because all I can think of is that Twilight baby. What if it was, like, the Ally McBeal baby? (gasps) Ooga chaka, ooga, ooga, ooga chaka. I can't stop this feeling. Deep inside of me. Yeah. 
Um, Did you know that that was a scene like portraying her wanting to have a baby in the movie in the show? I think I watched like a like whole. The- I think it was I was watching like one of those CNN like the eighties the nineties those documentaries and it fully yeah. talked about that. I know it's VH1. I love the eighties. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Girl, that's where I learned it. No, I'm talking about the CNN ones. I'm sorry that I watch real television. I'm sorry that I watch VH1, the realest television. Um, the beginning of the movie features a false start opening sequence called The Littlest Elf. Uh, the CGI is designed to resemble stop motion animated children's specials that were common in the 60s and 70s. Yes, mama. Um, and also the little stuff I think appears in the books. I think I read that. We'll see if that okay. comes up later. Because I, I, people were bitching about it on the reviews. So, <laughs> um, the or the Baudelaire orphans have different appearances um, from the book, like just like small things here and there. Klaus in the books uh, wears glasses all the time. Okay, and this he doesn't. Um, Sunny in the books hated wearing a pink dress, but in the movie she has a lot of pink on her dress. No, but, but if you notice from the beginning to the end of the book, it's changing. You mean movie? Yeah. From the beginning of the book, from the beginning of the movie where it's bright pink to the end, it starts to change into black. And then in the book, Violet was unable to put braids in her her hair because they wouldn't stay together. But in the movie, she has braids like the whole time. Just a fun okay. thing. Jim Carrey's makeup and hair took three hours to do. Uh, the train scene is full of cameos from the first books. Or from the books. First, the store um, in the train scene is called Last Chance. And that store is seen in book eight, the hostile hospital. The man working there is reading the newspaper, the daily punctilio. And that's seen in The Vile Village, book seven. Um, The headline on the newspaper reads, Orphans to Blame, which is in the books as well. The window of The Last Chance advertises Parsley Soda, which is seen in book six, The Earsat's Elevator. And the magazine that Count Olaf reads advertises a veritably French dinner, which, or diner, which has the mysterious initials VFD, which were a recurring thing throughout the books, a big mystery thing. Um, okay. Director Brad Silberling promised to stay as true to Tim Burton's go- dark gothic style, as well as the style of the books, so much that he even considered keeping Burton on as a producer or creative consultant. We don't need to give him more money. No, no, no. He was fine. He had enough money. He had he had Nightmare Before Christmas money. Yeah. And he didn't even d- direct that. What did he do? People forget that he didn't direct that. Didn't he just like write it or come up with a story or something? Because it's knows? called Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. But he didn't. Did he just produce he it? He didn't direct it, Mom. Did not. Okay. Okay. Uh, the so this movie has the first three books story in there, and it, the third book actually ends. Um, with the uh, rescuing of the orphans from the leeches and Aunt Josephine drowning, 
Count Olaf, still disguised as Captain Sham, returns to the dock where Mr. Poe and the person of indeterminate gender are waiting. Olaf seems to have won, but Sunny bites his peg leg with great force, causing it to crack open and reveal his real leg. Mr. Poe would then stand up to Olaf, but the villain quickly runs away with his henchmen, leaving Poe and the Baudelaire's locked up behind them. Interesting, interesting. You said you only read the last one? Yeah, I didn't read any of the books except for the last one for some reason. That's a, Who knows why, that's a but choice. I did that. Um, in the photo album that they're looking at at Aunt Josephine's house, they uh, see the picture of like the society with their parents and you know Monty and different people in there. In the top right-hand side of the picture, a person's face is partially blurred out, though the appearance seems to be that of Count Olaf. Hmm. Guess I'm going to check the internet for that. Just read the books. No. For your birthday, I'm going to buy you all the books, and you have to give me a book report. That sounds fun. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of Bob's... This is why you should write for Bob's Burgers. Is that something that Linda would do? See, you're an excellent writer. Um, so you should apply. Some of the chores that are on the list that Count Olaf gives the kids are fix the rear porch so it is back to code. Dust and clean all the very important pictures of myself. Clean the staircase. Re-upholster the living room sofa. Dust and polish the wood furniture throughout the house. Do all the laundry and make sure you separate the whites, the colors, and the polyesters. Make sure to take special care with my costumes and delicates. Iron all all the clothes. Sew buttons on clothes that are missing them. Clean mirrors above my makeup table, taking care that there are no streaks. Wash the steps on the porch. Prune trees in the front yard, and not to mention, number 12, prepare a delicious dinner for myself and my troop. That list was so much longer in the movie. Yeah, it looks a lot longer. I do love dust and clean all the very important pictures of myself. <laughs> Tee hee hee. Um, the duck that nearly gets a stove dropped onto it is a well-known... <gasps> is well-known to American audiences as the Aflac Duck. He's the yes! mascot for the insurance company Aflac. Their ads feature a pair of people discussing Aflac insurance, but being, yeah, you get, you know how the ads go. But I guess Paramount Pictures yeah. and Aflac had a, a series of movie tie-in commercials. What the fuck? This was one of the... This, it was Ew, very I weird. hate that. I did hate that as well. Um... Dustin Hoffman makes a cameo as a critic at Count Olaf's play at the end. Um, blah, blah, blah. Okay, this is... I don't know if this is true or not. It sounds fake. Christy Carlson Romano was originally supposed to play Violet. Christy Carlson Romano? Right, like... Let me look up who that is. Because Are I'm you joking? From Even Stevens? Christy- Oh, oh. Kim, and I, Kim Possible? I was like, I know this name, but I don't know who the person is. Do you think that's real? L-O-L. I don't think so. Also, <laughs> I'm looking at the photo, and yeah, it does. It does look like Count Olaf. Wait, what? What? I looked up the photo of the of the society. Oh, Okay. I didn't look it up. I and should look it up. Um, yeah, I the did. littlest elf appeared in the book The Vile Village. 
So I was right about okay. that. Okay, then these naggy bitches need to calm down because they were like, this littlest elf thing was such a... They made a blah, blah, blah. Did they get like, mad that they got tricked? Yeah, they were... Yeah, they were like, why is this elf in the movie? It didn't even belong there. Wait, did that did that book come out after the movie? Uh, let me check. There's a good chance. No, I think it was already out because the, the last one came out in 2006, so it wouldn't have had to... Yeah. Okay, then these losers, these losers are losers. These losers are losers. Done and done. Yeah, losers it came out in two thousand one. Okay, yeah. Then these losers did not read a book. Maybe read I the book, either, bitch, before you <laughs> make a comment on IMDb. Maybe, maybe if you owned a business. Maybe if you knew how to run a business. Um, that's really it for the trivia. I do want to mention, so Lemony Snicket, aka Daniel Handler, um, he, let me just read this article, because I was trying to remember what he did that was, like, inappropriate, because I knew there was something. There there always is. Lemony Snicket, the author. was it Lemony Snicket or was it Jude Law that did something inappropriate? Because didn't Jude Law like do something bad? <laughs> Probably, I don't know. Um, why don't you no. look up Jude Law? But Lemony Snicket, okay. this says Lemony Snicket accused of making lewd comments about female authors. Multiple female authors have accused Lemony Snicket of making sexually inappropriate comments. Uh, the allegations against Snicket, whose real name is Daniel Handler. First surfaced last week after he signed a pledge launched by young adult author Gwenda Bond stating that the authors would not attend conferences that don't adopt and enforce harassment policies in the wake of Me Too. Uh, Under Handler's name, author Kate Messner shared a story of a 2013 encounter she had with him on a train to a writer's conference. She claims Handler interrupted a conversation she was having with another author asking if she was from the Midwest. Are you a virgin Mm -hmm. too? He allegedly shouted... From uh, at, at her, shouted at her from the back of the train. She wrote that he later commented in front of the other authors and their spouses. These children's books, uh, these children's book events always turn into orgies. Other women commented under her story with similar incidents. Excuse me. Was these children's stories are always horny? No, is it? Um. No, he said. These events are always horny. Not that exactly. He said they always He's turn into. What is that? What am I? Origins. What are you messaging about right now? He Gerard just sent us an art the article about amoeba, and I said Sarah just told me about oh, okay. this. Um, and then so someone else said, uh, let's see, author Roseanne. Perry claims Handler made a crass and belittling joke about her at a 2014 book event, which prompted a teenage girl who overheard the comment to tell him off. She wrote that Handler then said something crass to the teenager, and when told that he has to stop talking like that to women, he sauntered off without acknowledgement or apology. Author Allie Jane Bruce wrote that Handler once joked in, f- in front of a group of her young students about only having one testicle. Librarian Angie Manfrandi wrote that when he told Handler that when she told Handler at a 2011 publishing conference that she wasn't intimidated by him, he allegedly said, 
if you're not afraid, go knock on the door of some random room number and make out, make out with whoever answers. What? I would take that there. Bon recalled to Pacific Standard that Handler called her a hot blonde the first time they met and has and that she has received multiple messages about Handler's behavior from people who are too scared to come forward publicly. So, I mean, also, that was how many stories? Three or four, just in the one article? So he needs to, I think, just keep his mouth shut, stop talking to women, or just learn how to respect women? Or learn just how to, like, talk to people. Like... Because I don't think this man would, like, treat men with respect either, though. Like, let's be honest. The way this man is sounding sounds like he is just, like, lewd and, like, gross constantly. It's Which, I mean, kind of same for me, but... I think it's especially interesting with these situations because he is, like, a children's author. Yeah. Um, I think there was a... I don't remember totally... I read this on Jamie Loftus, um, comedian, host of the Bechtel cast. She was on an episode of ours once. She did, um, so Jamie used to do, like, an advent calendar of, like, disgraced men, recently disgraced men. She did, she did one one year that was, like, maybe, like, a year after Me Too or a couple. Um, and it was, she would just draw them in and make them look completely disgusting, like, pus coming out of their face and stuff and then would talk about the shit they've done and she was doing one either last year or the year before of um she was doing one like she had dan schneider on there and she had lemony snicket on there and i remember her writing a story i thought she wrote in the thing that he had said something at like an event where there were kids like while he was at a kids event he said something weird um that's what i'm saying like i think this man is probably just like a like not to point or like do anything but i think he's like probably just like a a, like an addict like an alcoholic or you know some sort of like drug addict who's just like because his behavior seems very like sporadic you know what i mean hold on i'm reading another article um the combination of handler's power and fame and his habitual joking about sex reveals consistent conduct that has had a harmful impact on multiple female children's writers and children's librarians. Um, blah, blah, blah. He infants, wait, in 2014, he infamously made a racist joke at the expense of author Jacqueline Woodson, the first African-American woman to win a National Book Award for young people's literature. He apologized, okay. but the new allegation suggests a pattern. What the fuck? So, I think he's just... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I think he's just, like, not okay. Like, I don't think he's okay. Because this sounds like... This sounds like, you know, like, really aggressive behavior towards anybody. Not just, like, one specific sp- particular person. So, the racist thing he said was... uh So, the Jacqueline Woodson says... Thank you for changing the world. And then there's music playing. And then he says, I told you, I told you, Jackie, I told Jackie she was going to win. And I said that if she won, I would tell all of you something I learned this summer, which is that Jackie Woodson is allergic to watermelon. Just let that sink in your mind. And I said, you have to put that in a book. And she said, you put that in a book. Or you put that in a book. And I said, 
I am only writing a book about a black girl who is allergic to watermelon if I get a blurb, blurb from you, Cornell West, Toni Morrison, and Barack Obama saying, this guy's okay, this guy's fine. So basically he's saying, I'll do it if I get a pass at making racist jokes. Oh, okay. Interesting. Just a heads up, like, everyone can go research on their own, but I just did want to bring up Lemony Snicket. Maybe if you're if you're trying to read the books, go to the library or buy some used copies so he's not getting that money. Bye, man. Um, so you... Jude Law did nothing bad. He just cheated on his wife. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. I forgot that you were looking him up. Um, so you only read the last book. Did you read that after the movie came out? Yes. So what's your history with the movie? I love it. I remember watching it when I was younger. I think I I own it on VHS. I think I made my parents buy it on VHS because I watched it on like TV and I was like, I love this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Love it. Love it. Love The Little Self. Love this movie. I, d- I, th- I think the only reason that I never watched the show was because it was so like... It seemed like as much as people are like, this movie wasn't grounded at all. Like, like there were a lot of reviews that were like kind of like dissing on it for not being like as like hardcore as it should. I don't think the the, the show does any better at that. Like a musical. Like, yeah. I said oh, this last that's night. right. It was a musical, isn't it? Yeah. Like I said this last night, but I truly believe that Neil Patrick Harris ruins everything he's in. <laughs> um, no tea, no shade to Neil Patrick Harris, but. Sorry. I didn't sorry, even remember that it's a musical. What did Frankie call him? I don't remember. A ninny gay? A nanny gay? I don't remember. What it was. A nanny light? I don't remember. But um, Frankie's not here. He, we don't want to speak for him. I don't know what he said. Frankie. But I didn't even remember that it was a musical. I know that the tone was different. I remember that. That whole show was a musical? Yeah. Ugh. I was thinking about maybe giving it a chance now that it's been years, but I'm pretty sure. Like I love musicals, but honey, I don't know if I can do this. Um, like I just don't like that he sings. I don't want I, every time that Neil. Patrick that's sings, probably I'm why like, they Stop. did it is because they have Neil Patrick Harris, who is a singer. Okay, so back to your history with the movie. So you watched the movie, and then when did you decide to read that last book? I read it for a project, because they were like, you have to read a book and do a book report. I'm like, I was just going through like the library, because I don't read books. So I was like, what do I do? And I'm like, well, I like the movie. Let's see how all of this bullshit ends. Because I didn't want to read any of the other books. <laughs> I'm like, they're in an elevator? What's going on? <laughs> I guess that's a good way to find out the ending. I can't say that I did any better with, like... I know I said, what a weird choice for you to grab the last book. But I read the ninth book first. So, like... You read the, like, the second to last book? There's 13. Oh, shit. Never mind. Um, what the So this came so out... I, I must have seen the movie first. Because I know I read that ninth book in fourth grade. And this came out when we were in fourth grade. So I, I must have seen the movie, then read the book. And I know I saw the movie in theaters with, like, my family. Because, like, my parents, 
like Jim Carrey already. And then I think my my brother was already probably had read all of them at the time. I would always see that cover and like him reading them. Um, mm-hmm. So he must have read all of them at that point that had been released, obviously. And then I I remember like I remember my teacher asking me what I was reading. I'm like, oh, it's the Carnivorous Carnival, and I'm like. In my head, I'm like, I haven't read the others. I'm just starting with. I don't know what this with is. With book number nine, I don't know what's going on. But then, I read. I went back and started at the beginning. Um, so I, I remember in like just always reading them at the library because we have a bunch of our books in the garage. I just my dad was cleaning out the garage and he was like, "We're gonna keep the series of unfortunate events." But I just checked and we only have like, like. 9 through 13 or something. We don't have the oh. first ones. Because I think... I'm assuming my brother also got them from the library. And I know that I definitely just kept getting them from the library. And I remember me and this kid in my class in 5th grade, Mason. We were having like a competition to see like who could finish it. Like who could finish the series first. Or like as many as... The last book wasn't out yet. But like who could read all the ones that exist first. And I remember being like... Well, I'm automatically going to win because I already read the ninth one. <laughs> so what? by the time you get to number nine, you have to read that one and I'm going to be on number 10. So eat shit, Mason. So jokes on you, you lose it. Jokes on you. But that was kind of a fun thing. Like, like I remember reading those books quick. I remember sitting here in my bed, just flying through them books. Aren't they short? Yeah. I mean, they get thicker as time goes on. But I mean, so did Harry Potter. Yeah, they're but they're way shorter than Harry Potter, obviously. Yeah, I know. They're like little babies. And I always thought it was cool that like the texture of the pages was like a letter kind of. It felt what? it felt like letter paper. Yeah, if you feel the side of the books, at least like the hardcover ones, um, it's like textured differently. So Interesting. Okay. Kind of like letters. Anyways, so that was my history was I loved the movie and then I'm assuming I loved it so much that I was like, oh, I want to read all the books. And I, I always hoped that they would still do sequels. I'm like, okay, they can make another one that does four, five, and six books. And they do it. They just go by threes. And it never happened. So that's something. I mean, well, that's what they did with the Netflix show. So Yeah, uh, which I think just released their final season, didn't it? Like last year. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, maybe I should, because I either was thinking I should reread the series, or I should just watch the Netflix show. And that one's easier. I have one rereading. No, watching the show is easier, like, time-wise. Oh, yeah. I would rather reread. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, we've been talking for a, or read. a long time, An so hour. let's get into the movie. Why don't you tell us what it starts out with? What did people get so mad about? Yeah, this movie starts off with the with the littlest elf. Sh- I would I would call it a short. Um, love this bitch. Well, I remember then, thinking this was like a Pixar type of short. Like I thought it was going to start with a cartoon before. This tripped me out. No, I remember mama. sitting in the theater freaking out about this, like in my head. Because they, everyone thought they were getting grinch. Seeing this in the theater, especially, there's a couple times where they say, where Jude Law, the narrator, will say, like, now's the time to get out of the theater. 
or the airplane mm-hmm. or the living room. And it was so it was cool to see it in a theater and that be real of him being like the get out. The theater next to you is playing a happy movie. Go see that if you don't want to watch this. And I'm like, he knows where I am. <laughs> He's in the theater. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, the littlest elf starts playing, and then yeah, Jude Law interrupts, and he's like, he says, "Surprise, bitch! I thought you, I thought you'd never seen the last of me." Um, he basically pops out and basically is like, "Hey, this is not the movie that you thought it was because we about to get real sad, sister." And then he goes into explaining what all the orphans are. Um, he says, "If you want to see a movie about reasonably be attra- reasonably attractive orphans," and I mm-hmm. said, "Okay." Um, but yeah, it gets real he moody, called them real ugly. dark, very gray tone. He said, these bitches are ugly. He said, Don't interact. Might be cute. <laughs> Don't touch. Um, yeah, he goes, and then he goes through introducing each of the orphans. He introduces Violet, who is dressed to the nine. She's basically this inventing queen, which I wanted everything she ever invented. Like the little male thing. I was like, oh, geez. she was so cool to me as a kid. She, She's a great like role model for kids. She's everything that I still want to be. Like, her little lamp that she makes, I'm like, yes, we have phones, but, like, who doesn't want to strap on this big old, like, clunky thing and just... Whenever I put my hair up on a ponytail, rest in peace, I don't have a ponytail anymore. But I would always be like, I'm inventing. You should have gotten... You should have done it with a ribbon. You were over yeah. here with your... With my hair tie. bands. Um, when she... Coward. When they're in the, the train scene in the car and she... He's like, there's nothing in here. And she says, there's always something. And she starts pulling into the leather. That gets <gasps> me. I'm like, she's so fucking cool. When she just says, there's always she's something. She's the smartest person that's Ugh. ever lived. So cool. She has power. And then she goes and introduces Klaus, who's a hot nerd. And says you. He's good boy. Says me. He's good boy. He pu- He pushes on. I just remember like. That scene where he pushes on the little flower eyeball mm-hmm. and it expands. And I said, whoa, <laughs> well, the future, well, this plan, always so cool. And then there's Sunny, who's just, she was the T, like she was just everything. Well, so Klaus, his thing is that he loves books and he loves like reading new stuff, like obtaining yeah, new knowledge. He has like, he has, what is it called? He he has like a like when speed you're mem- read and can like re- remember stuff yeah he like remembers literally everything he's one of those people he's like dylan from halloween town but better um but yeah we get introduced to all the kids and who they are and then we basically get real debbie downer real fast when mr poe mr poe says oh it's tuesday isn't it bro your parents are dead (laughs) just like that Mr. Poe and his croissant mustache. Yeah, he tells them that their parents are dead, and that's the tea. Um, and then they go through... This is where Jude Law says, get out if you don't want to be sad. Mm-hmm. And then he takes them through a tour And that's of when I was in the mansion. theater, and I said, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> you stand up and run. Um, and yeah, and then it's basically like... We get some... We get a bunch of, like, lemony snicket narrations throughout the movie. Um, this one that happens right now is basically him just being like... There's a bunch of mystery that's going on here. Yeah, he's like, we don't, blah, blah, blah. we don't know what caused the fire. It wasn't the Billy Joel song, so we don't know. Um, it wasn't Star Maps. And he was like, "What did the parents have secrets? Because Klaus found this spyglass. 
what we don't know, hiding. but we might find out. Yeah. Um, I will also say and that the in the books, and I'm assuming it's supposed to be like this in the movie. We don't really know what like time period it is. No, no, no. It's very time. I mean, it's very old looking, but it's also not. Yeah, because in the books, there's like plot points where they're using like Morse code and like um, what are they called? Uh, what's it called? Like when you send a thing. A telegram. What? That's what it is. Oh, okay. I'm like a what? What do you? When saying? you send a thing. Um, when you go through the telly. When you go through the telly, love. Yeah, the, on the book information, it says the books seem to be set in in an alternate, timeless world with stylistic similarities to both the 19th century and the 1930s, though with contemporary and seemingly anachronistic scientific knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, there's that. <laughs> mm, and there she is. Um, then we get to meet Justice Strauss. Catherine O'Hara, our queen. Oh my god, legendary woman. Maybe she was left over from Tim Burton. But she's like, I'm just here I to hope- have fun. She says, I'm Justice Strauss and I'm just here to have a good time. Justice Strauss is the shining light in this whole movie. Because she's like the one, like... She's, like, untouched by, like, anything else in this universe because her house is the only one that's, like, And she says, beautiful. I don't associate with Count Olaf. She said, oh, no, no, he doesn't live here. He said, who? Um, no, you got it all wrong, sister. Um, and then they go to Count Olaf's house, which is right across the street, and it looks like a decrepit-ass mansion. I said I would live and here. And he has one of my favorite lines that I like to say when people knock on my door, which is, Entrude! Okay, you like that. I love when he says, um... Fuck, what does he say? Well, let me just say that, for you, this is one of your most quoted movies. Oh. Like, you and I will quote this a lot, but I only quote it because I know the quotes so well because you say them so much. Like, you'll say it, and I'm like, what was that from? And you'll tell me, and I'm like, oh, yeah. One of my favorite ones coming up right now is when, yeah, they enter the house... And he's walking down the stairs and he's like, Orphanus and Cribble, something, something, something. Crescendo. Music into a crescendo and land on the right foot. And for the longest time, I thought he was pose. saying strike a pose. But he says, But it's strike a Fozzy. Fozzy, like Bob Fozzy, the famous choreographer and dancer. Wow, wow, wow. The gays, they love Bob Fozzy. Me, Iconic. I don't know who he is. Um,. Also, I remember on commercials and in the trailer, they would always play the hello, hello, hello. And that always oh scared God. me. He was scary. I always felt very, like, safe, but also like, ooh, I'm in danger. Every time he would say it. Ew. Okay. He scared me um, in a good way. He also has these long-ass nails, which I cannot stand. He... Is that like, okay, let's be he, real right now. Go ahead, go ahead. Who else cannot stand long nails? Because I cannot. Um, like when guys have like ridiculously long nails. Not ridiculously long, but like when they're like out here. You know what I mean? Like when you can see like the like the little like, you know how your your nails turn like a like a white after a while? When they grow out. Like the the nail, like the tip? Yeah, like the tip start like, you know how like after it leaves the nail bed, how it turns white? Yeah. When I see that thing be really long on guys, it, like, just scares the shit out of me. I don't know. I think it's kind of dirty. Because stuff can get under there. 
Because stuff can get under there. And I'm like, his nails are so long. I'm like, um, he has, Count Olaf has a lot of great lines in this scene. Um, he has that part where he says, give me that again, which we already talked about. He also says... Quick, 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 while it's in my mind, while it's fresh. He says, uh, I will raise these orphans as if they were actually wanted. If they were actually wanted. <laughs> which is great. Um, and so he's his whole thing is that he wants their fortune. No matter what. And because plot twist, he's the one that burned down the so house. So he's like, I'm their new guardian and I'm going to get their fortune. And then Mr. Poe says, you don't get to be their guardian until the hearing on Thursday. So hold up. They don't love you like I love you, you know? Ooh. Oh, I just posted that on my Snapchat. Okay. Um, he gives, uh, so Mr. Poe leaves and Olaf gives everyone, a, the kids, a tour of the house, including, uh, he mentions the tower and that they're never to enter there. The tower, which are you, which you're never allowed to enter, and then he, under any circumstances. And then he gives them um, some chores that they have to do every morning. No, 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 not yet. Well, I'm trying to speed it up. Okay. Because um, we're already an hour in. Me, no, no, no. Um, and then they're at his acting troupe arrives while the kids are doing chores, and he says, "You need to make dinner for us." At 8 o'clock. Like, it needs to be set up by mm-hmm. 8 o'clock. So they have 30 minutes to make a meal that they've never made dinner before. They have to make a meal out of nothing that's in the kitchen. There's, like, nothing in there. Kitchen looks awful. There's, like, there's, there's shoes. There's a bunch of, there's bats. There's a bunch of booze bottles. Um, but they find pasta. They find some new. They find some random pasta in the silverware drawer. Like, loose pasta. It's, like, every single pasta, but, like, it's five of each. Yeah. It's, like, some little Spaghetti, angel hair, some, some little rotinis. And so... Some tortellini. They decide to make pasta putinesca. Which is Italian for little, very few ingredients. So, they make pasta putinesca, and they use, like... They're, get, they're getting creative. They use, like, a, a screen from a window as a strainer. Mm-hmm. But as this scene happens, we also get, like... So it's, like, this cooking montage plus Count Olaf being, like, who is gonna... Mm -hmm. He's basically with his acting troupe and they're, like, plotting their next play. And he's, like, who's gonna play the most handsome Count in all the world? And I'm, like, you're that bitch in high school that was, like... I don't know who's going to take the lead role. I mean, they need someone who can dance and sing. And, I mean, I've taken singing and dancing lessons, but, like, I want to give other people a chance. And he also does his... shut up, Bianca. We know what you're up to. He also does his um, dinosaur impersonation. (gasps) Let's go back to when dinosaurs rule the earth. Yes. And the kids get it done, and they say, dinner's ready, Putinesca, and he says, what did you call me? Buta. Got him. Is that a joke because it sounds like Buta? I think, but also maybe that Putanesca just sounds like some kind of word that would like, like it would be like a swear word in Italian. You know? Oh. But also maybe. You pasta Putanesca! <laughs> um, but this is where he says, Where's the roast beef? Which is interesting Swedish because term. in The Grinch, he's all about the roast beast. Jim Carrey. You think. What was filmed first, this or The Grinch? The Grinch. Do you think that was an improvised line where he was like, you know what, roast beef? I don't know, but this is where Olaf slaps Klaus across the face. Oh my god, 
he hits the shit out. He he mollywops this kid. Yeah, domestic abuse. And then Klaus. I love when. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I said I was gonna say I love when he like because after that Violet is like we're gonna tell Mister Poe and he turns to his actor and he's like ooh mm-hmm. ooh and then in those in the crowd of oohs that the acting troops do you can clearly hear Jennifer Coolidge. Oh really? She's like ooh ooh. <laughs> 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 Like, you can clearly hear hers out of everyone because you can hear her little, like, her, like, little, like, trail off. It's the best thing ever if you listen for it. Actually, in a deleted scene, Klaus gets slapped and then she comes over to him and says, Do you want a cookie? (laughs) Do you want a cookie? And then later she tells Violet, You're not very pretty and you're not very bright. You're not very bright. (laughs) I so bad i want that so bad i'm just goofing but klaus gets upset obviously and he's upset that the parents didn't have like a plan for them he's like they just fucking left us here and then violet's like we don't know what happened she's like maybe they did have a plan she's like remember when we got mad at them once and then, then they sent us a letter and we were like shit we got mad for nothing yeah, they, the letter that never came, which is an excellent song from the soundtrack. If you ever listen to it, it's one of my favorites. The soundtrack is great. Um, isn't isn't but, the score by Thomas Newman? Mm-hmm. Mr. Newman himself, Daddy Newman. Great scores. He also did the score, I think, for um, The Truman Show, another he, Jim Carrey film. He, he actually did the, sh- the score for the TV show as well, the Netflix show. Oh, that's interesting. At least they kept something good. Am I right, ladies? Yeah, Thomas. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I love when Klaus, like... I don't know. I always love the idea when people are like, this is your house. I'm like, no, it's just a home. Like, that house is still, like, I don't know. It's very, like, stove you know, turn, turn back the clock degree. No matter where you, yeah. I don't know. I always like that line and that, like, whole concept of, like, a house is not a home. Then they build their little, like, shadow sanctuary with the silhouettes of the parents. They pretend that. Before they go and get officially adapted. Yeah, then custody is granted. By a judge. Uh, and then this is where the, the big train scene happens. Where Olaf yes. parks on the train tracks. Locks the kids in the car. And the kids in the car find a paper with the times written down for the train. No, they find a book. I know. Has like, yeah, you don't need to tell me no. Be- I know. No, 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 no. I saw this movie too. Um... Mr. Poe calls in the car, but he's he's no help because he's like, no, I can't hear you. There's a train. Mr. Poe's so stupid. He's him. the worst one. Uh, Klaus is like, okay, we need to pull a train track switcher because that's what I read in the books for about trains. Mm-hmm. And so my inventing queen just tears shit up. Yeah, she said, let's fuck it up. Honestly, though, this scene still gives me trauma. Like, I'm very scared to, like, Whenever I see that people have, like, child lock, child-proof locks in their mm-hmm. car, I'm like, this is so scary. Like, I don't like child-proof locks because exactly that scene where it's like, how do you get out? Like, how do you prevent yourself from being trapped? We also have some great shots of Olaf taking his time in the store where he's trying on sunglasses and drinking, like, a Slurpee and stuff. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, so Mr. Poe arrives and he sees, because the kids successfully make the train Switch yeah, tracks. they bite the head off the elf, and then they... And then Mr. Poe drives up, and he sees Sonny in the driver's seat, and he 
that's what makes him go, this is negligence. We're taking the kids away, blah, blah, blah. And Olaf is upset. Make them girls go, whoo, whoo. Yeah. And Olaf says to the kids that he's going to find them. No matter what you're going to I'm going to find you. Um, so then we get to the events of the second book, basically, where we meet Uncle Monty and we go to his reptile room. Was the climax of the first book truly just the train? So the the whole marriage thing happens in the in the first book as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so this movie is basically sandwiched all the events of the second and third it book goes within like the first book. Three fourths of the first book, second, third, and then the last fourth of the first first uh, book. Which is the marriage? Okay, got it, got it, got it. I believe again. I didn't read the books uh, recently. That was several years ago, but. From what I re- re-read on the Wikipedia about the plot, that's how it goes. Um, so we meet Uncle Monty, who is into the snakes. Isn't it, brother? <laughs> Isn't it, bro? He's a, he's a plant gay. So he is... He's a plant and animal gay. An incredibly deadly viper, which is actually a really friendly snake. Um, and that comes into play later. He says that they're going to Peru tomorrow. Yes, we get that lovely scene with like the sponge cake and him playing the auto heart. Yeah, and, and he it, I'm like, says that his wife and kids died in a fire, mm-hmm. which is spooky and suspicious. It's sad. It's so sad. And uh, I, yeah. Uh, later, Klaus also says that he found the same spyglass that my, or like in his dad's. dad's yeah, that that Monty has one too. So he's like, something's fishy here. Um, Something smells like fish and we ain't by the sea. Stefano, the Italian man, shows up. And he says another... So that's Count Olaf's disguise. And he has another line you quote a lot, which is, You caught me being a mentor. That's why you should never run with one of these kids. Yeah. You say that one a lot. Um, And so the kids are trying to tell Monty, like, Hey, that's Count Olaf, not Stefano... A, a snake man from the Monterey Bay Aquarium. A snake man. A snake man. He's a snake man. So they write imposter on one of the snakes. Yes. Which, but then he gives it to him. So I'm like, did he erase the letters? Because what kind of idiot? Yeah, I know. But so Monty is like, you're right, kids. I know he's an imposter. He's from the Herbological Society trying to steal my viper. Yeah. And they're like, no. And they're like, no. No, no, no. Um, I like don't understand the adults in this movie that like clearly do not listen to these children i think it that that's like a whole theme in this is that you should listen to kids i think that was like a whole you should listen to anybody um yeah another line that you quote a lot is so monty's uh or stefano is gonna like stay there overnight and he's in his rocking chair in the hallway because earlier he's like i'm a very light sleeper i hardly ever sleep and so Violet tries to peek you out the door. Yes. She peeks out the door and he says that. You say that one a lot as well. Yes. And then next thing you know, Monty is dead, dead, dead. Fucking dead. But Another one. He's dead. And Olaf basically made it look like the viper got out and killed him. Because it's called yeah, the incredibly there's two little... deadly viper. And so Cedric the Entertainer is like, obviously that's what happened. I, <laughs> I love that. I love that Cedric the Entertainer. <laughs> it, I, it's so random. 
Um, like I love like when he's like when he says Count Olaf, what what are you doing here, man? Yeah. Um. <laughs> so the kids are trying to tell him like, no, the viper is friendly. It didn't kill him. And they're like, but no one's no listening. No one believes in uh, the kids until Sonny and the viper are like being BFFs and cuddling together. And they're like, okay. Also, tea. like. Mr. Poe was, like, 100% ready for these kids to go to Peru with these strangers. Yeah. Like, their guardian has just fucking died. And they're like, yeah, 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 go to Peru with this man that you don't know. And, like, they're clearly being, like, dragged away. And they're still like, bye, arrivederci, bon voyage, croissant, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. But the, no one's listening. Yeah. Um. So Mr. Poe takes the kids yet again. And he says... Oopsie daisy. Still not even understanding yeah. that it was Count Olaf. He's like, the authorities are looking for Stefano, because he ran away. Um, and you're going to go with Aunt Josephine. Um, so Aunt Josephine is played by Meryl Streep, the legend. I can't believe she won an Academy Award for this movie specifically. Wait, no, did she really? <laughs> oh, I was like, oh my god, wait, No, what? she should have, though. Um, and she is afraid of everything. She is me at the very at this very moment in time. She we have all of the little like call outs that she does where she's like, "Don't go too fast for us because if you trip, you're going to decapitate yourself." Stand away from the fridge; if it falls, it'll crush you flat. Get away from the stove; it might like I'm afraid it might burst into flames. The- Don't touch the doorknobs because they might shatter and get in your eye. Mm-hmm. And those all come to play in a little bit. Um, Truly, they do, actually, yeah. We see the picture of the parents and Uncle Monty, and I guess Count Olaf is in there as well, and they all have the spy glasses. And Why is she just sitting on this photo? She gets very secretive about everything, and they're like, did your husband die in a fire, blah, blah, blah. They're trying to get to the bottom of this. And then she tells them how he died, and no. that it was leeches. They were eaten by them leeches. The leeches, like lacrimose. I love, ugh, those leeches are fucking scary. I love the scene where she like opens up the window and the song comes on. I'm like, ah, iconic, legendary, beautiful. Um, And so they say, we got to get her out of this house because she's afraid of everything. So they go to like a farmer's market and they meet none other than Captain Sham, a.k.a. Count Olaf with a peg leg. Am I wrong? Is the realtor, because she's afraid of realtors, that's why she won't move, because they ask her, why won't she move? Is the realtor Jane Yes, Lynch? it is. She has a cameo in, as a realtor. Yes! There's a couple <laughs> different cameos, like her and then Dustin Hoffman. Helena Bonham Carter has a cameo. Where? Um, she's Beatrice Baudelaire at, like, the, towards the end, I think. And then... Beatrice? The, um... The, uh, uh, it's the man of indeterminate, or the person of indeterminate gender, the one who walks Violet down the aisle. That's Craig Ferguson. Yes. Isn't that wild? I love that character, mostly because I'm like, I love what they did. Instead of, like, making him very androgynous, they were just like, F it, half and half. Uh, so the, so Captain Sham, the kids are like, that's Count Olaf, but she's like, where, what, who? And he's like, is he behind me? Yeah. I hate this. And when Klaus pulls... Klaus just tips him over. Tries to look at his ankle for the tattoo. He falls over on his peg leg. Very sad. Bye. Um, 
And then later, the kids go to the house, and the window is broken, and they find a suicide note, so they think that Josephine killed herself, and that Olaf made her write this note. Yeah, because Josephine is very horny. Yeah, and this note says that, like, Count Olaf's gonna, or Captain Sham, sorry, is gonna take care of you now. Yeah, he's a good man. I can't handle this world anymore because I, for some reason, go by. But T, Josephine loves, loves, loves grammar. And in- It's her greatest joy in life. In this, in this message, in this suicide note, uh, there's a bunch of grammar mistakes. And then Klaus says, ooh wee, this is a hidden message. And he deciphers it and the message is curdled cave. So- The- Yeah, yeah. so they find out, like, they're like, okay, she must be alive and hiding there. And then- Hurricane Herman. The fact that Klaus was able just to do that, though. Amazing. I could his never. Knowledge. Hurricane Herman starts a blowing the house down. And <sighs> we see that um, Ike was investigating the fires. We see like a bunch of newspapers about the fires. Mm-hmm. We see um, all of Aunt Josephine's fears coming true. We see the fridge falling flat. The doorknob bursting into a million pieces. The stove Burst in the flames, all of it's happening. And eventually, they are left standing on this one little wooden island piece. Uh, and they're very, no way of, very terrifying. Yeah, no way of getting to land. And yeah. then Violet uh, is a queen and does it again. She gets them over to land. Her mind. Her mind. I can't believe she did that. And then. Klaus is like, let's go to the police. And she says, fuck the police. They're not going to help us. She said, mm, mm, mm. So she says, Klaus, you must have learned something about sailing. So let's go sail to Curdle Cave. We, we have to handle this bullshit. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. they go to Curdle Cave and they see that Josephine is alive. And she says, did you buy, did you bring groceries? Fucking Aunt Josephine. Aunt Josephine says, did you bring groceries? We're going to have to stay here. It's too dangerous to leave. Mm-hmm. And then... We got to live in this cave. Klaus says... Which, would you live in this cave? For... I would, like, camp there. I think I'd live in it. If I could somehow get electricity in there, I think it'd be cute. I mean, yeah, but you... I don't think you could get electricity in there. You don't know? So Klaus says, realtors are going to come. And she says, and she says we, we're bailing. Fight. We're bailing. <laughs> yeah. And then this is the big leeches scene. Why doesn't she... Why doesn't Aunt Josephine just say like, Hey, I ate a banana. Give me, give me 45 minutes to, to just finish up my hour, please. Or did she eat it on the boat? Like, I don't understand. Well, she had the peel with her on a boat. So she must have ate it on the boat or something. What a girl! Yeah, what the? She's so. <sighs> so the leeches come, and in the distance they see like someone on a boat. They're like, "Help, help!" And then who is it? It's none other than Count Olaf. Not even Captain Sham. He said, "No more fooling." It's just Count Here we Olaf. Go. And she's uh, Count <laughs> Josephine says, "I won't say anything. Don't feed me to the leeches." She's like, "I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> I ain't seen nothing. Just help me." And he like takes the kids on the boat, and then he's it's he seems like he's gonna bring Josephine on there, but then he 
That's her goal. To go and she dies out there. She says, don't let go, Harry. (laughs) Let go. Um, So she's gone. And then Mr. Poe again arrives and he's like, I was wrong. You're an exceptional guardian because you saved these kids because he pretends Klaus was drowning. Um, And then Mr. Poe also says that to get the fortune, it's not if they die. It's if you're a no. blood relative or married. Yeah, he says if anything happens to them, you won't get shit. Yeah. And then that's when he decides, ooh, my play, The Marvelous Carriage, is going to turn into The Marvelous Marriage. Is that what it's called, The Marvelous Carriage? Yeah, because you can see on the poster that he crossed out the C and just put an M over it. I love that. <laughs> so this is the big final act basically the marvelous marriage um he's gonna have violet play his bride in a play and he's gonna get her to marry him and it's gonna be legal because he's getting justice strauss a real judge to to do it yeah to play the part of the judge in the play um we see sunny in a cage dangling up in the air and he says count olaf says if you don't say i do then i'm gonna drop that baby down will come baby, cradle and all. And his little sound effects like, mm, yeah, so the play Great. starts and we see Klaus climbing up to Sunny. And this is where he discovers the eye in the tower, the like movable. Yeah, the big old because he's yeah, he sees the sketch right in the in Aunt Josephine's house. And he's like, bitch, mm-hmm. he says, this looks exactly right. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, one of Olaf's actors shows up and like is trying to fight Klaus. Yes, the man with the hook hand. Mm-hmm. And then, and this is when no, go ahead. This is when Jennifer Coolidge has her lines because when the play starts, she's the one that I love when they sing like "Nothing in the world will keep the government's beloved bride." Nothing in the world, mm-hmm. and then she's the one that narrates the whole thing. So they have their big. Um, wedding scene where, like we said, Violet tries to sign the certificate with her left hand, and he says, "Right hand, please." Um, and then, oh, uh, Klaus, because he notices that the sun is going up through the tower, and that's can mm-hmm. cause a fire. You wouldn't believe. He's starting to remember everything that um. That Mr. Poe tells him about how everything started with a refraction, a refraction of light, which I googled what that was the other day. He's putting two and two together. He's putting, he's doing the math. And he's like, "Oh, Olaf must have started the fire." That was my he favorite lyric in the, the Billy Joel song. Olaf started the fire, <laughs> and Olaf holds up the marriage certificate that Violet signed, and then Klaus uses the little window spyglass to burn it up. She's burning up for you, baby. Mm-hmm. Red dress. And then <laughs> Poe calls for Olaf's arrest. Um, right before it burns up, Poe's like, arrest this man. And then Cedric the Entertainer is like, for what? For what? Um, and then another one of my favorite lines. Hmm. Because Mr. Poe's like, for being a dirty cat, like a, basically a money, like a money grabber. And then he says, he calls Count Olaf a monster. And then Count Olaf says, I'm a monster. 
You're the monster. He does. He Which did is basically make some saying points the here. Yeah, he's like, I'm just doing what I want to. You're the ones that didn't believe these kids again, putting them back in danger. Yeah, he made some points. Um, so after the marriage certificate like burns up, the crowd is like coming in for Olaf. They're like an yes, angry murder. mob against him, and Olaf gets captured. And he's made to suffer every hardship that he made the children suffer. And then he vanishes and Poe again says, like, oh, the authorities will get him soon. And Mr. What a piece <laughs> Mr. Poe takes the kids back to the house. And that's when the package arrives. Yeah, f- this mailman certainly saw a burnt out mansion and said, fuck it. I always still- was like, who's that mailman? I thought that was like something that would be in like a sequel that we never fucking saw aren't they aren't they aren't there isn't there a book where they're like male people or some shit male people jury duty jury duty blackmail blackmail <laughs> like isn't there isn't there one of the books where they're like part of like a delivery service or some bullshit they work at a lumber mill oh the miserable mill well i guess that isn't the same thing does it? maybe there is i don't remember um but then, Who, I, there's so in many. the letter, um, Violet's reading the letter, part of it, so it's from the parents, obviously, and part yeah, of it it's says- the letter that never came originally. One day, when you're older, you will learn of the people we befriended and the dangers we face. And the spyglass is in there. Yeah. They're basically talking about all their, like, aunts and uncles, quote-unquote. Yeah. Because um, that's their friends. And then the kids- take the spyglass they drive off with poe again and then that's really it and then we get like the credits which are some cool animated credits and -hmm. i guess the director said that that's supposed to be like the kids dreams or something they were having some nightmares (laughs) yeah i didn't watch the whole credits but you you know the credit sequence is amazing i used to watch it from beginning to end on my vhs I think I ran that part down, actually, a little bit. Um, and that's how the movie ends. So let's get into IMDb reviews of the movie. I would love to hear what these people were angry about. IMDb. 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 So most of the reviews were basically like, This didn't follow the book. I love the blah, 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 blah. This movie wasn't dark enough. You know, it's people always complaining about the same things where it's like, I wish this were darker. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them were like, why is the littlest alpha thing in here? Blah, 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 blah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so those were mas- most of the complaints. And they were really long. So I had to find like just like the shortest ones because these were like essays. People wrote. Um, so here's my first one. Seven out of ten. Stay for the end credits. Oh, you, you wrote not. this one. Written January 14th, 2005. The end credits is a 10 minute long cartoon of such incredible beauty that is a great shame that most people will never watch it. Simply, it's some of the best animation to come out all year. While I can give the end credits a 10 out of 10, I can only give the rest of the film a a begrudging begrudging 7 out of 10. Although it should probably be a 6.5. That maybe you should have put that. <laughs> Certainly, this is a fantastically well-made movie. That is for the that is for the rest for the most part very well acted, but sometimes is a miss in the tone of the film, and so it never really is what it should be. What should it be? What should it be? Tell me. 
The story of three children whose parents are killed and who are forced from from guardian to guardian, not really, by the murderous acts of Count Olaf is pretty bleak. And with a title like A Series of Unfortunate Events, you really can't expect dancing elves, but the filmmakers have chosen to add the a vein of madcap silliness <laughs> to the proceedings that work. This bitch uses so many big words, like, shut up. That works against the rest of the film. It seems as if they were afraid that the material was going to be seen as too dark. Which is a shame since it's clear for the sequences from the sequences where they left well enough alone that the film could have stood on its own. It's a good movie. Instead of a great one, it wants to be. Definitely worth seeing. Okay. So that was a little a self-complainer. Um, I don't know. I thought they mixed the. I thought they mixed the movie really well with like comedy and like yeah. the darkness of everything. I would because I'm like so. you. I'm, I mean, like Count Olaf is like supposed to be spooky, but like he's also like an actor. Why the hell would he not be like weird? Yeah. Here's my last one: the credits. Do you see a theme? Written on December eighteenth, two thousand four. Okay, I really enjoyed the film, and I felt it captured everything I wanted to. S- I wanted it to be about the books and more. However, and while it may be an odd thing to say, it is that... And, oh my god. And while it may be an odd thing to say, it is... This is so weird. Say, is that was... (laughs) What? I'm having a stroke. Is that was the best set of credits I've ever seen. They wrote it like that, not me. They were beautifully done, well done to whoever it was that created them. The artwork was spectacular and the animation perfectly in tune with the tone of the books. Same animation style, I think. Or drawing style, art style. Very entertaining, well done. In addition, I would like to add that... Wait, I would like to add that Jim Carrey fitted the role... I think I would like to add that... I corrected that. Jim Carrey fitted the role of Count Olaf perfectly, and while I may not be a huge fan of his previous works, bitch, he provided the much-needed humor to keep the story moving to to the watchers intrigued. Okay, I had a stroke while reading that. Okay. Um. Wait, were reviews overall positive on IMDb or negative? They were like. A mix. Like, they weren't necessarily like, this movie was bad. It was more like the same complaints that we see with, like, every book. Okay. Adapted yeah. movie where it's like, this was not like the book. Or, like, I wish they had done this thing. Or, like, this blah, blah. It's like the nit- the nitpickers. Okay. Um, yeah. It was a lot of that. And then The Little Self, obviously, was a big, like, contingent. As far as tweets go, we do have some tweets. Our friend Frankie tweeted us saying this was Meryl Streep's first Oscar-worthy role. I would say so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surprise. Like, honestly, if I met Meryl Streep, I I would tell her, like, all the things I love her in. I don't even think I've seen that many of her movies. She's just, like, an iconic actress, obviously. But you know I would talk to her about this movie. I would say... I'd be like, I loved you in Julie and Julia. <laughs> I would say, you didn't have to do this movie. You didn't have to do this little Nickelodeon movie. But you were so good in it. 
when you said that the doorknob would bust into a million pieces, I believed you. I believed you. And guess what? I haven't touched the doorknob since. I said, now I'm afraid of everything. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and then we had some live tweets. So, uh, Leela. At Leela underscore Burns. Had not seen the movie before. Um, <gasps> Leela says that she read the books in 2017 and watched the Netflix show, but has never seen the film. Um, okay, Leela, are we about to So <laughs> let me run through some of her tweets here. What is happening? This isn't what I signed up for. I'm assuming it's the littlest elf. Um, I really like the aesthetic of the movie so far. CGI Sunny is so scary. I hate that. Jim Carrey is such a good Olaf. Oh no, CGI Sunny is back. Aunt Josephine has a point. Um, let's see. Uh, Klaus, now isn't the time to explore. Save your sister first. I think that's when he's up in the tower. Because he does kind of take a minute. I am like, oh yeah, he's like, it up, boy. You had one job. She's waiting for you. She's signing so slowly. And she's so bummed when she signs that last E at the end. She's like, what the fuck? I was rooting for you, bitch. Um, we love smart kids saving themselves. Go Klaus. As much as I love the Netflix... Netflix? Netflix? As much as I love the Netflix version, I still wish they made the sequels to this. The first three books barely show the main mystery, and it would have been cool to see that play out in this version. Anyway, I yes! really liked the movie, and I don't really have anything interesting to say about it. Well, that was interesting enough. Okay. Thanks, Leela. Glad you liked it. Thank you for showing your respect to the movie. <laughs> um, these tweets are from Emily. Emily. At Emily Jean Palmer. Um, well, this littlest elf intro is probably the freakiest part of the movie. How high was Lemony Snicket when he created a character that's a biting baby? I miss Jim Carrey. He was my favorite actor back in the day. I'm. He's not dead. Sis. I know, but like he's not in as many things now. He's in Sonic. Okay. Do you think Emily saw that? <laughs> Honestly, maybe she did. I don't Emily, know. I think you should see Sonic because I, it's actually kind of fun. It's really. Fun I mean, show. isn't he? He's basically just being himself again in that, isn't he? He's himself in every yeah. movie that he's in. Um, his kitchen is putting me on the verge of a panic attack. This movie made me refuse to ever try pasta pudinesca. Um, Violet in her fishnet sleeves my, was my style icon in middle school. Uh, Captain Sham speaks like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm so confused about what time period this is supposed to take place during. Ambiguous. It's the leeches! The one line I remembered from this movie. Someone needs to put on a series of unfortunate event. Drag brunch because their looks are fantastic. Ooh, if I ever do drag, oh mama, you better, you better brace your fucking back. Who are you gonna be, Countess Olaf? I'm gonna be Count Olaf, Justice Strauss, Sunny, and my Sunny dress is gonna turn from pink to black. There's a just like there's a, a character movie. in the books that I always loved, Esme Squalor. That name alone, I just always loved, Esme Squalor. Mm-hmm. Evil. That's my that's my drag name if I don't end up sticking with Juana Fanta. Uh, 
Last thing Emily said was, I forgot how much this movie satisfied my wannabe goth self when it came out. Still love it. And the final tweets we got were from hot off the the internet. They're from yesterday. Grace at DivaGrace13 watched the movie yesterday and sent in her thoughts. Count Olaf seems like the kind of weird theater professor where you can never tell if they are performing a scene or not. Yes. Um, let's see. Count Olaf in disguise is what I think everyone under a black plague mask looks like. Um, what? Black plague. The black plague. Count Olaf's what now? Black disguise. Count Olaf in disguise. Oh. Um, <laughs> this made me laugh. Aunt Josephina has perfected Yubaba's hairstyle from Spirited Away. <laughs> That's true. Um, I keep expecting them to say Violet Beauregard instead of Violet, Bo- Violet Baudelaire. Willy Wonka. Um, love love these creative credits. Could tell the music was by Thomas Newman. Part sounded like the Finding New... Nemo soundtrack. That's right, he did that one as well. Overall, I think it, this was pretty well done. I think it could have been better, but it's hard to say why. Three and a half out of five for me. Um, gotta add how Netflix categorizes this movie. Genres, family comedies, movies based on books, children and family movies. This movie is dark. <laughs> At least they're honest. This movie is They spoof. said this movie is a dark Thank you, everyone, for your tweets. Juan, what are our final thoughts on the movie? You know I love this fucking movie. Five out of five. Okay. Uh. My only critique, my only critique is that they weren't sequels. Because I do think... Okay, wait, okay. Just kidding. 4.7. I like... The only thing that I don't like about this movie... Is that sometimes the pacing seems really fast. It is very quick. Like, they really... They did cram, you know, three books. Yeah. Into it. Which I don't think is a bad thing, because I really don't think that I need an entire movie on just one of the yeah. books with just one of the relatives, because Maybe it's just not very, two, like... though. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's. I think that's why I want the sequel, so they could have extended it more. Yeah. Um, because I do, I do like how it isn't just like, this one's just about Count Olaf. This one's just about Uncle Monty. Cause I think that would get really boring. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that there were so many characters kept this movie exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, there were just certain parts where like, I couldn't tell, not I couldn't tell, but like, it was really hard to distinguish if it, if there had been days that passed or just literally minutes because it's like. It's really obvious in the reptile room and at the begin, and then at Count Olaf's because it's like they get sent to go to bed, but then they get sent to do the chores, but then they get sent to do the dinner. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, was that all one day, or am I supposed to believe that that was a couple of days? And then same thing with Uncle Monty, where it's like they get to his house. They're supposed they to leave the next dinner. day, but he dies. Yeah, it just it makes like the way the lighting is. I don't know something about it just feels kind of dis- disjointed okay. to me sometimes. But I think if I paid more attention or if I like just kind of just didn't keep that in mind, I would. I don't know. That's the only thing. That, that's the only problem that I have. Sometimes it feels like that. 
But other than that, perfect movie. Love it. I wish they had made more. I would say um, I'm going to give it a three and a half. And Fake. I do really like this movie. I own it on DVD. Loved it in the theater. I will say that just rewatching it, this was my first time rewatching it in like a few years. And like, I think I expected it to be a little more exciting. Maybe it's just because I had, like, I've seen it before. I don't know. But it does have great, like, production design. Like, the whole styling of this movie is great. The casting is great. Jim mm-hmm. Carrey is the perfect Count Olaf. Sorry, Neil Patrick Harris. Not sorry. Uh, and the fact that Meryl Streep is in this is amazing. Um, I wish that they kept making these because it would be really cool to see, like Lila was saying, like, the full mysteries, like, kind of unravel. Like, the whole VFD thing. Like, mm-hmm. the the quagmire triplets. And, like... What? They come in in one of the books. Um, it would have been cool to... Should I just audiobook this? To see this go on. I guess you could, couldn't you? Who do you think... I could. I wonder who reads it. What if it's Neil Patrick Harris? What if it's Jim Carrey? I'll look it up. But I'll give it a three and a half. Um, Wait, where are you right here? Are my eyes looking at you? Yeah. Excuse me? Why are you staring straight at me? Because I looked over here, but I realized the camera's on this side of my phone. Um, but yeah, I do really like this movie. Three and a half is my final answer. Hold on, I'm seeing who reads this. Oh, you're gonna love this one! <gasps> who reads it? This Jennifer Coolidge. No, no. And can't Olaf took them to the highest town. I wish. Well, this says... I need to get my Jennifer Coolidge down. For the bad beginning, this says a multi-voice recording featuring Tim Curry. But I don't know who the other voices are. I'm sorry, but just knowing that my dear gay uncle Jim Curry... Jim Curry? Jim Curry... Nope. Wait, it says Tim Curry and full cast. Does does that mean the show? Audio sample. Tim Curry and... Klaus, of course, had not read all of the books in the Baudelaire library, but he had read a great many of them and had retained a lot <laughs> of the information from his readings. He knew how to tell an alligator from a crocodile. He knew who killed Julius Caesar. Good for him. Interesting. Yeah, it was... Okay. Wait, who... Did he only do the first one? Um, let me look. I just clicked on the first one that came up. Uh... Because that was on Amazon. The Bad Beginning, a multiple... I think... Okay, but the reptile room just says Tim Curry. Book three just says Lemony Snicket. But what the fuck is this? <laughs> Book four what? says Lemony Snicket. But the, all the covers for these on Audible um, are like the TV show. Oh, I'm so scared. So when it says full cast on that first one... I don't, I'm assuming it has to do with the Netflix cast. But then there's those few that are Lemony Snicket's voice. And then 
on book six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and thirteen, they go back to Tim Curry. Oh, so maybe you should just listen okay. to him. <laughs> Lull you and to be surprised sleep. If something- maybe you can fall asleep to Tim's voice. I don't want to fall asleep. Okay, yeah. I just want to, like, chill with him. Yeah. That'd be great. Anyways, three and a half. Um, that's it. And now we can talk about our good friend, Iris. Take it away, Juan. Take it away, Ernie. Our best, our best friend, Iris. Our friend Iris, our good friend, our dear friend Iris, um, she is our podcast artist. She does the podcast that you see every time you open the artwork, any app, our you artwork, said the podcast. our website, our everything. Oh, well, yeah, she's our podcast artist. Yeah, but you said she does the podcast you see every time you open. I'm. You ever want him to do you so much that you can do anything? Aunt Josephine and grammar is important. I can't hear you. What's going on? What? You seem very far away. I'm not. Okay. Um, she's our podcast artist. She does the artwork you see every day. Now, can you hear that me? You listen to us. Yeah. I think it's Maybe cause... put the one with the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> Sorry. Mess. Anyways, she does her podcast artist. You can follow her. And like Sarah pointed out the last episode, a follow does not cost you any money. Um, and if anything, it just builds traction for artists. So follow artists, follow, uh, follow, follow Iris on her Twitter and her Instagram at Creamsicle Panda. And if you have the ability to, and if you like her artwork and you would like to support her financially, you can do that through Patreon at patreon.com slash Creamsicle Panda. Thank you, Juan. You can follow us everywhere at Planet Weird Pod. We have a website podcastfromplanetweird.com you um, can google us we're easy to find Um, if you want to support the show you can subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening if that's iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher Google Play whatever leave us a review on iTunes if you would like that would very much help us out because we're still mad that we got that one one star review who did that I want answers. They fought us, and we're going to fight Who that. did that, and why was it Frankie? Um, oh, my God. And you can also watch videos on our YouTube if you want to go back in time pre-pandemic and see us together in the same room talking and doing arts and crafts or carving pumpkins and such. Go on our YouTube and watch that. And There's links to all of this in the description. Um, you can also send us a voice message on Anchor, the podcast app. Uh I think we have a voice message, actually. Let me let me pull it up. This is from Ivy, who sent it oh. April 16th. Ivy was ready to go with the series of unfortunate events thoughts. So let me play this. Yes, she was. Okay, y'all said you were doing a series of unfortunate events, the movie. And I have one memory of this movie. I saw it once. I was in second grade. I was at my friend's house. Her name was Meredith. <laughs> and Meredith had this on DVD. <sighs> And the only memory I have of watching this movie 
is that Meredith had this tiny gumball machine in her bedroom, and for whatever reason, I was not a part of this, I did not come up with this idea, she decided that she was trying to fit all of the gumballs in her mouth at one time. And that's one of the nastiest memories I have of my childhood. So I love how that, that <laughs> I love how that had nothing to do with the fucking movie. That, Absolutely nothing. She just said, "My friend Meredith had this on DVD." By the way, she tried to put gumballs in her mouth. First of all, she said, "My friend, her name was Meredith." Like she hates that name. <laughs> I just said, "Fuck Meredith." You remember that bitch Meredith I was friends with? Well, thank you to Ivy for that useful piece of information. Um. So as we were saying on Anchor, if you would like to send us a voice message like Ivy did, you can do that. There's a link in the description. You don't even have to have the app. You could just do it through your browser. Um, if you don't even have to tell us anything about the movie. Just tell us if your friend put a bunch of gumballs just in her mouth. Just talk to me. <laughs> yeah. um, but also through the app, you can support us financially, which is definitely helping us out right now as <clears throat> the clock is tick, tick, ticking on our... Our money that we're getting from our school jobs and when school is out for summer, a.k.a. The fact that I still haven't gotten a stimulus check. In a few weeks. Oh, yeah. That's some tea. Um, Our money will not be coming in in a few weeks and we will just be... Dead. You know. We'll be on Fiverr. People people will be paying us $5 to see how many gumballs we can fit in our mouths. Am I right? Yeah. I'm going to start my, what is it called? My. What? I don't know. I was going to. Oh, you're going to start your celebrity fee picks. I'm going to start making cameos for everyone. (laughs) Going to start my cameo. If you want a cameo. I was trying to think of like like the different platforms everyone's Um, on. But if you want to support us through Anchor, like these people that I'm about to say already have, then please do so. Link in the description. Uh, even if you want to, like, do it for a month and then cancel it, whatever. We don't blame you. Times are tough right now. We get it. Um, but thank you to the people that already support us. That's Alexa Pratt, Natalie Hernandez, Emily Palmer, and Ivy Grim Grotto. The- <laughs> did you just make that no, up? No, that's the name of one of the books. I know, but did you plan it or did you just say it out no, of No, I wrote blue? it down because I couldn't think of anything oh. in the movie that had G. Okay, okay. I was like, bitch, I swear to God, if you did this out of the blue, I'm gonna... Our next episode is going to be about a Cinderella story, but by the time you... Which one? The Hillary Duff one with... Oh, I was asking that as a general question. Which, you're not very pretty. And you're not... (laughs) You want a cookie? Um, Which, by the time you're listening to this, we've already recorded it, so if you send us your thoughts on it, they will be read on a different episode than that movie's episode. Mm -hmm. But... We, we already planned our schedule for the next month again, so I'm going to tell you the movies that we are going to do so that you can watch them while you're sitting at home in quarantine and can send us your thoughts as you watch them. That way you're not like, I already watched it. Leela. I was going to watch Space Jam again, <laughs> but I'm not going to. Like, we get it. And this is why we do this for you. Okay. Um, prom is our, uh, our episode that will be recorded recording on may 4th may the 4th be with you um but oh well y'all don't know this then because that already (laughs) 
would have happened when <laughs> because didn't I say his episode goes up May sixth? Yeah. Okay, so we um I guess at this point we've already recorded uh the prom episode, but it'll be uploaded on May twentieth. Prom is a Disney movie on Disney Plus, if you would like to watch that even after we've recorded it. I'll make sure we tweet these out like tomorrow or something. Um But future movies. Uh, the movie It Takes Two on Netflix, starring Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Uh, we will be recording that on May 11th, and it'll be uploaded on May 27th, because that movie and this next one uh, leave Netflix on May 19th, apparently. Uh, that next movie is Yours, Mine, and Ours, the Nickelodeon movie with Dennis Quaid and all the kids, Miranda Cosgrove, Drake Bell, the whole gang. We're recording that May 18th, and we will be uploading it on June 3rd. And then the week after that, our next movie will be Looney Tunes Back in Action. Ooh, they back. Ooh, they back. Uh, we're recording that on May 25th. It'll be uploaded on June 10th. And finally, Richie Rich, the Macaulay Culkin film about the little boy who was really rich. We will be recording an episode on that one um, on May 30th and uploading it on June 17th. So besides Prom, all those movies are on Netflix, in America at least, if you would like to watch them. And yeah, let us know your thoughts on them, because you probably don't have anything to do in quarantine, so just watch those and let us know your thoughts, and we will read them, or play your voice messages on the show. Tweet us, Instagram message us, or email us, podcastfromplanetweird at gmail.com. And that's it, y'all. That was Do you have it. anything to say, Juan? <clears throat> Happy birthday! Thanks. Happy birthday, Raven! Um, I can't swim. I can't swim because I don't have a swimming pool. Yeah, that's true. And the beaches should be closed. Mm-hmm. We don't even have a beach. Yeah, and if it, we did, I hope it was closed. Mm. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, go read a book. Go read the series of unfortunate but events. But don't give money to Lemony Snicket because he's not a good no, guy. No, you read the book and aud- and record yourself reading it out loud, and then you send it to me. And then the whole book. Everyone read. Yeah, you. Everyone, let's get a Twitter thread going, and we'll all read a, a line from the book. Jared will read one line, then Leela will read the next. Oh my god! Or I guess it'll be chapters. That'll be better. Popcorn read. Popcorn Jared read, read the first read chapter. chapter. Lila read the second. Then Emily. Then Grace. We're just gonna go like that. Yeah, yeah. And then you you recorded it and it's me. Thank you, everyone. Um, hope y'all are Goodbye. doing well. Stay safe. Goodbye. Wash your hands. And.